many of these topics, whether it be these, whether maintenance, uh, whether it be recycling, whether it be parking and others, is I try to remind everybody the easiest thing for me to do is nothing. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been talking this morning and I know it probably sounds uh, like, you know, you're not used to a news guy being so positive on a politician. But I got to tell you, I just, you know, looking back over the year and thinking about what's been done by Mayor D.C. Reeves and um, just sort of the all of it. You know, the adult approach to these problems, the adult approach to, you know, blame and praise, uh, taking responsibility for things that aren't really his responsibility, but maybe he can make an effect, which means it is kind of his responsibility. It's sort of the, um, you know, sins of omission versus sins of, of commission kind of concept is, you know, doing nothing is an easy alternative, but that can be a sin of omission when you could have done something that would have been helpful, even if it's not your job. Like putting all of that together, um, I have been tremendously impressed by uh, the first year, and it's just the first year, but still, of uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves. He joins us now by phone. Mayor Reeves, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Very kind of you to say. And, and it's been a great year. You know, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, some, some parts more than others, of course, like anybody in this position. Sure. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I said at the beginning, uh, really, you know, for knocking 2,500 doors and campaigning for 12 months, um, you know, I've really said, uh, that, you know, you may agree with me and you may not agree with me, but I'm going to give you everything I got. Um, and that I'm not doing this because uh, I need something else to do. Uh, I'm doing this because I love this place, you know. And, and so uh, this year has been been really rewarding, and I've been really grateful for this experience for that. So. I want to ask you, it's it's not the normal kind of question that I ask, but it's it's on my mind this morning, particularly as I think more about your first year in the office in the city, the state of the city address last night. Um, as I've said a couple times and just now this morning, um, there's a variety of things about the way you approach this job, which are just, you know, refreshingly adult, okay, uh, compared to all leadership, a lot of leadership that I see. And so it kind of makes me wonder, like, where did you learn that? I mean, is it working with Quint? Is it, you know, having a business? Was it your mom and your dad? Do you, I mean, what gave you that backdrop to approach this job the way you have and to be willing to do the things that are, you know, not the easy, not the obvious, or not even your job kind of stuff that you are still taking on. Yeah. You know, I, I remind people from, from journalism to working for Quint for having your own business and then there, when I explain that to people, you know, when they ask, you know, did I major in political science or whatever, you know, before I became the mayor, did I run for another office? And what I always tell them is it's just, it's amazing how life works and that all of those different experiences, I would have never known it until I was in this job, uh, have played a role. And, you know, I joke with you all the time, you know, uh, having a journalistic background makes you want to be very, very objective about the, the things of what's the most fair, what's the most right thing to do, what's the most transparent thing to do. You know, so you could go through all these different steps as a small business owner and having 40 employees that are counting on you, uh, that need a paycheck during COVID, uh, and, you know, trying to do the right thing. And so, um, I would, you know, I didn't, life was not planned this way, but uh, it's worked out really well. And I've had a lot of experiences over the years uh, that have that have turned out to be so beneficial to me uh, being in this role. And I and really couldn't imagine doing it without them. So, um, so yeah, I, I think I just, you know, try to treat things as pragmatic and objective as possible. And, you know, I think if I were to, to make a mistake along the way, sometimes I could, if anything, it could be too much that way, you know, that, that, uh, too much head and not enough heart, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, of a, a decision. Um, but, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of how I'm wired. And, and, you know, again, it's been, been a great year and a great experience and, so far. And, and I'll tell you in advance, uh, I don't know if you've stopped to think about this or if anybody's reminded you, but, uh, you know, you're still pretty young. You're still going to make some pretty big mistakes. 
<laughs> and you know, right. look, um, that's part of it too. I mean, just kind of know it in advance. You know, sometimes you you do so yep. well for a while, you forget the the, the fact that you're still going to screw some things up, and you know that's just that's just part of the reality too. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about the airport because this is another one of these cases where you know clearly, and look, you have been so good at not laying blame and not calling names and not, you know, I mean, it's, but the data is really clear that, um, the project of modernizing the airport and getting a new terminal and adding parking and all this, though a lot has been done prior to you, man, we're way behind on getting this done. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I would say, uh, you know, the, the ramp up, uh, when you look at the, the, uh, line graph of the trajectory, um, it, you know, it's a ramp up for sure. Uh, very, very aggressively in the last five, six years. That being said, uh, when you look at the different assets of our airport being at capacity at 1.2 million, baggage claim 1.3 million, the seating areas for our for our airport were at capacity at 1.5 million. And as I said last night, we're going to hit 2.7 uh, this year. Uh, that that's a that's a real uh, issue, and why it is our number one legislative priority. And, and I've shared that with our delegation is that. If we are going to continue to stay ahead of our, our regional competitors, and if we're going to continue to, to see vibrancy in this city, we've got to face these things, and we got to do it now, uh, yesterday. And so, um, so that's why it's our number one focus. And you know, a seventy million dollar lift is not going to be uh, easy necessarily, uh, but but you know, we're we're still at a best case scenario is you know a, a couple years away uh, from having you know a new new construction there. So. Um, you know, we got to get on it and, and certainly our airport staff is, and, and we are, and, and we're very much in lockstep in our aggressiveness to get this done. And, and I mean, to, to put the point on the claim, you know, you made the joke about how we're not bursting at the seams. We don't know. We have no idea what happened to the seams. We're that far away from that kind of a status, but, but that the airport could have already had its biggest, best year. And we haven't even hit Thanksgiving yet. Like that's an amazing number. I did want to ask you one thing, and I'll probably focus on this maybe a little bit more tomorrow with the Pensacola Police Department when I talk to Mike Wood. Um, But ShotSpotter has rolled out for the sheriff's office. They have it in place now for a week. Uh, PPD is not, you know, the the expected uh, rollout date is in December. So it's still several weeks away, maybe at best. Why did it take the city longer than the county? Uh, specifics, obviously, yeah, I, I would defer to the police department. All I know is my involvement in it uh, so far is uh, we did have a little delay with uh, we were we were going to put some of the instruments, um, you know, and, and you could one could presume that, in, you know, in a more urban environment, trying to find the correct locations uh, that you can attach something to uh, and hardware to, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's been the cause, but I could say that we I know. Uh, I was involved in part of a little bit of a delay working with FPL and some of our utilities and others to try to find those. So, um, uh, you know, again, I defer to them, but I believe the the date, the December 5th date is what sticks in my head of what the goal is at this point. Um, So, you know, I've been saying early to mid-December just to be safe, but um, so we could see it as soon as uh, three weeks or so. Okay. All right. Well, you know, obviously, you know, anything is going to be better than nothing. I was just kind of surprised that ECSO got it implemented so quickly, and I was curious if there was a reason why. Uh, one of the things, you know, you said it was surprising to you in the survey that people want more water access amenities and more outdoor recreation amenities. I can just speak for, for us. You know, we bought paddle boards, and now we're always trying to find the place to get into the water. And we've used the Balin slip. We probably shouldn't, but, you know, it was a little bit of a drop down to get that, moderately safe for us to do. But, um, you know, we've found out that, you know, there's not quite as many points as we wanted. Was that surprising to you that that was something that people asked for over everything else? 
Yeah, not so much that they asked for, but really in the amount, I mean, the volume of, of asking for it. You know, I think that the, it was the number one amenity that, of why people like to live in Pensacola. It was like 42%. I, would, I wouldn't have predicted that, that high of a number. Um, but as I said, the great news is between the Sun Trail on Bayfront Parkway, Bruce Beach, which don't forget, the only sand, the actual where you can put toes in sand in the entirety of, the, of downtown uh, on the waterfront is is at Bruce Beach. Right. It's all hardscape. Everything else is seawall. So, um, so you know, when you start to think about activating the waterfront, not only for human interaction, but things like American Magic for for watching sailboats and all of that, it's it, it's good news that that's what the city wants because I think the city has a lot of that coming. So, um, you know, it works out really well. So, I'm, I'm pleased that that has been their answer. Uh, I think that's that's uh, that's great, and and I 100% agree. I think it's great progress for our city too. I have a kind of a, a philosophical question for you. This is sort of the big picture on this deferred maintenance issue. What's going to be your way of solving that problem? Because once you yeah. come to the full reckoning of, okay, this is what we've got. This is what each item is going to cost for us to maintain. And this is what it's going to cost to repair. And then you're looking at the whole scheme of, man, we are so far in it. We are running deficit spending, not by our actual spending, but by what we should be spending comparison how are you going to approach that problem? It, it, it certainly can't be a hey, we're just going to raise taxes to cover the difference, and it can't be we're not going to we're not going to do it. How do you get from the here to there? Yeah, you know, you, you got to diagnose before you treat. I know that, and I, I think what what the challenge in front of us and in front of Ben Heistein, our new uh, Parks and Rec director, is let's for the first time get a real assessment of where we are. Right. What what is that number? You know, other cities have done that. They've figured out what that number is. Um, and then you prioritize from there because while we've done a great job and we've made strides and things that certainly needed to be done, our issue has become that we're, we're really, it's a little bit of whack-a-mole, right? And we're, right, we're, right. we're, we're, we're taking them as they come, right? It's all right. Who's the loudest complainer, right? Who's the loudest complainer right now? Right. Absolutely. Correct. Correct. And so, uh, that doesn't mean that we haven't made good decisions so far. They've, they've been very obvious decisions so far, but as we start to get more intentional, we're going to get more nuanced from what needs help sooner. And imagine if we had preventive maintenance in place five, six, seven, eight years ago, would we be talking about the same things? You right. know, and so yeah. so it's not just what needs to be knocked down; it's also what needs to be maintained now, so it, we get twenty more years out of it. And so right. um, that's what we, we we need an all an all encompassing assessment of everything we own. What is the cost right now of deferred maintenance? And then what is a priority list moving forward? And that's what I think we really need. Okay. And and as you say, those leverage points where, you know, spending a hundred now is gonna save us five thousand later, and that's a good hundred to spend because that's you know, that's that's the right kind of investment to make. Uh, we always like to we always like to end with a lightning round, quick frivolous questions, uh, however you want to categorize it. Uh, first one, how many books are in the Reeves household? Rough estimate. Uh, um ooh, I would say probably uh, a couple Maybe two hundred. Okay, uh, we have a big bookcase now. That doesn't mean I have time to read them. I just, but we, <laughs> I we possess them. Understand? Yes, we do. Trust and me, I understand. Caroline has read. My nine-year-old has read more books, I think, in the last year than I have maybe in my life. So I totally she's, she's understand. bringing a lot more to the table. What is your organizational system for those books? Um. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, not not strong. <laughs> not, um, it, uh, it's. I think it's a. I think we've got a, a kids section and a uh, business section. I think that, really that's about it. And okay. Then it's a hot All right. So 
the ones that fit on the shelf is how we did this. All right, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. When when yeah, you staple enough. when you staple a couple of pieces of paper together, what is the a- orientation of the staple on that page? East, west, north, south, All angular. Right. Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, is, I mean, you need to check on somebody if it's not the top left corner. If that's what we're saying, uh, obviously uh, that. But yeah, t- what's the what's the positioning of the staple though? Oh. Um, you mean like how I'm holding the staple? No, no. Is it horizontal or vertical or at a 45 oh, degree oh, oh, angle? I'm sorry. Oh, horizontal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Horizontal oh, for horizontal. sure. I also need to check on the vertical. Okay, uh, other pathologies to follow. Okay, last thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, I can't even read my hand right. <laughs> This is killer. It's my, one of my problems is I, I have steadily gotten worse and worse handwriting. And so, uh, oh, no, I know what it was. We talked previously about how often you wash your jeans. How often do you shower? Or bathe, because this is I'm I'm a not every day. Jake is a three times a day, so we have a wide at range, least, a wide least. range of spectrum here. Uh, DC, I'm team Jake then, because I'm I'm an I'm an over yeah over shower over shower multiple okay. times. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, that's nice to know about you though. I, I can no, I mean you know keep it in mind, keep your distance, do whatever you need. So uh, good enough, Mayor, I, I hear you. <laughs> Mayor DC Reeves. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. Thanks for the time. All right, thanks, guys. So.